All right. Welcome back. It's John Beatty. It's Jeff Mayhew. It's Politics and Parenting, where we talk about politics, but we talk about it differently. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Uh, I heard you got a library card today. I did. I got a library card from the Library of Congress. It was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, isn't that, that's the, the the big building down downtown. Were you, uh, were you running for speaker at the same time? <laughs> I wish I was running for speaker. <laughs> no, so yeah, I I drove to DC today on a whim. Um, and uh, I was walking around the Capitol and I was like, hey, that's the Library of Congress. I've always wanted to go there. I walked up and I walked in the door and I've got my laptop. I've got all my books, you know, as I, you know, like I go to dinner and that's what I got with me. It's It never leaves. And I walk in and I'm like, am I allowed in here with this bag? Cause it's got like a no bag sign outside. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 that bag's fine. Come on in. And he goes, do you want to, are you here to visit? Are you here to research? And I go, am I allowed to research? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, no, no reading at the Library of Congress, right? I don't know how these things work. I figured I'm not allowed in most of these buildings. You know, I don't have enough money to go in most of these buildings. Um, So I, uh, he was like, yeah, you can research. He's like, you just got to get a card. He's, you need to go over there to this other security kiosk, go through that security, and then they'll tell you where to go. So I walked over cool. there. I walked through the security and, uh, the guy, the security officer, I was carrying my Elon Musk biography and he goes, what do you think about this guy? And I was like, <laughs> Ooh, you just opened up a can of worms, my friend. <laughs> And he goes, I have this biography. It's sitting on my coffee table at home. Um, and I said, yeah. I was like, he's an interesting guy. He goes, what do you like? What do you really think of him? And I go, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I think he's brilliant. I think he's ambitious. I think he can accomplish anything he wants to accomplish. Um, I think he's a good hearted individual who wants to do and be good. But he has some behavioral issues that probably started from his childhood right and i think elon might even admit that (laughs) he's a smart guy he knows um but i think you know at the end of the day i told him i was like if i was in the room with him i would think he would join the good side you know like maybe if somebody else is in the room with him he joins the bad side i don't know yet to be determined or maybe he's the ringleader you know Part of the big conspiracy that's right um yeah so i guess there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on capitol hill uh we're up to six votes we're recording this wednesday at uh 8 42 and the house just adjourned until thursday um thursday at noon so um there's just a, a lot of um uncertainty i'd say with this speaker's race um and i would you know just to throw my uh, school board hat in there we we elected a chair last night um it's part of the reason this got pushed which i'm glad it did and i just think like trying to pick leadership is um it's difficult and i know i didn't support the the chair that we voted for and i think um not that he wouldn't probably do a good job but i think there's a, a key aspect of leadership where you gotta like bring people together and you're gonna have to kind of see both sides but i think you also gotta stick up for what you believe in and i think like the challenge mccarthy has right now is that he can't bring 20 people to his side and i would bet the reason he can't bring those 20 people to his side is because they think that he's just going to acquiesce on on everything because his whole goal is to be speaker of the house he doesn't care about anything else i mean 
Maybe, or maybe the whole goal for those other 20 people is just to gain themselves some power, right? If they can hold out, you know, if you can take a small group, now that small group has control of the large group. Um, and if Gates is, holds out long enough and can rally people enough, um, you know, maybe he can get himself a gavel, you know, maybe he can get himself sitting as a chair. I mean, that would be a big jump for him. He's he's relatively new. He hasn't done anything of note that I'm aware of other than being a sniveling little twerp. Um, <laughs> I think he's got some some indictments and stuff that murdered investigations and and yet he's running the show right mm -hmm. like um i mean it's 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 my frustration right they're both con men right they're, they're just both con men they're seeking power and and my frustration is some good person could do what gates is doing like they should be able to find 15 20 people it could be a blend of republicans and democrats i bet you could even get some of the same people that gates has in his side to join like a moderate coalition and hold out just like they're doing and you split mm -hmm. that vote down and you make it more difficult for mccarthy or jeffries to get elected and you say give me justin amash because yeah. at the end of the day if you if you study history and politics you need to understand that this moment, this isn't a moment for good people to step up and take control. This is a moment for good people to step up and seize power. And good people typically run away from that, which is kind of, you know, good and bad. They're afraid and, and whatnot. But this is a moment where you can shift the, the country. And Justin Amash is kind of the perfect person to do that because he's all nuts and bolts, right? He's the he's the guy sitting in the corner reading the book. He's not worried about selling himself or making anybody else happy. He's worried about giving us good governing. Um, I got he's got a a platform that he kind of put out. Let me pull it up here. Well, while you look it up, I mean, like, don't you think the nuts and bolts is inc incredibly important? But like, don't you think there's also an aspect of that corralling bit where you got to like bring people together and you got to find a consensus. Do you think he'd be able to build a coalition? I mean, like um, he kind of got mean, run out of town. Uh, he definitely, he left the Republican party and, and then lost his election. And, you know, that takes a lot of courage to put yourself in a position where you pretty much know you're not going to win. Um, so you got to give him credit for that. But like, do you think that he could, he could build a coalition like that? So that's a that's a very good point, right? And I don't know Justin Mosh, obviously. I'm nobody. Um, but he seems like the type of guy that might struggle in social settings and like, you know, being the life of the party, right? Um, and it's good and it's bad, right? Because like you said, he's he's done all the studying, he knows what to do. It's just a matter of being able to convince other people to do that. And what I would say is if he can partner you know, somebody that can either A, teach him or B, like be in Congress and guide with him. I think he can do that. And then the other thing is, if he's Speaker of the House, he has tremendous power. Like I, I've talked about this before, we have consolidated so much power into the speakership that that person can make a lot of change, whether they can build a coalition or not, they are mm -hmm. the coalition. Um, so that is, you know, that's the, that's the difference. Um, you know, people like Gates and McCarthy, they would they would probably wield that power in a negative way. And if they did too far negative, hopefully there would be a strong enough coalition to fight them in the House or they would just, you know, tear us down. <laughs> you imagine it just it's, you know, just uh, self-serving. Like, how does it make them better in a certain sense? And yeah, 
problem. And I think that's exactly what McCarthy does. Um, I I found it interesting um, where he tried to run for for the Speaker of the House before, like in 2015. And then he had this, this sort of like the Hillary gap, if you remember that, where he said that the Benghazi committee was, or commission was just to um, to make her look bad for the presidential campaign. Like, you know, he said the quiet part out loud. Um, and I feel like he made the same blunder this time, but it wasn't him speaking. It was his lieutenant who's in charge of setting the committees, talking about like setting power and stuff, where they, from what I've read, he basically threatened that anyone who didn't support McCarthy is going to get their committee stripped. And this isn't like people on the other side. This is like Republicans. So I, I, there's sort of there's an imprudence again to that aspect where that guy isn't going to make a threat like that unless he's got the speakers back in backing that up. So you have to think like there's again more imprudence um, and sort of the uh, the brashness and the fieriness and the um, ra- rashness uh, of the of McCarthy in in trying to he's got this ultimate goal of getting the speakership but he again lets the emotions get to him and gets too far out of his uh, ahead of his skis. I mean, is it is it emotions or is it like his power strategy? You know, like where he feels like he has more power than he has if he acts like the the Trump power strategy, you know, like I think we can all probably assume Donald Trump is not as rich as he says he is. Right. Um, But acting like he does makes everybody thinks that he is. And that Mm -hmm. is a power in itself. And so if if McCarthy, you know, if he goes around wielding his this massive amount of power or acting like he has it then maybe people will just fall in line. And, you know, he kind of maybe learned that from Trump possibly, or I don't know. No, yeah, it's, he's definitely wielding, it's sort of like he's betting the future on this kind of issue. Like he's got these, like these power futures that he's, he's spending right now, but he doesn't have anything to back it up. And in in this case, he's already threatened 20 people that they're not going to get committee assignments. So now what, what's the incentive for these people to ever acquiesce to him? Because they know that there's no there's nothing in it for them. They've already lost their committees, so they might as well double down because they know that um, they can prevent him from getting a speaker. And I I found like this this is such a problem where you escalate really way too quickly, and now you're stuck in a spot where it doesn't work for either party to de-escalate. And again, that goes back to the the conciliatory aspect of like trying to bring people together. Is you gotta you gotta have an out for it. Um, and I think you know. So that's where he's in a problem right now. He has no out other than to step down, but then he looks foolish. So it's, it's that, that like situation you just uh, explained just reminds me so much of like bad parenting, right? Mm -hmm. Like bad authority. Okay. Change politics and parenting authority and authority. Ah, boom. Right. I mean, and and management, not just authority, but management too. But think think about with your kid, right? Um, You ever had a kid that's like misbehaved at school and like they come home with a detention or whatever. And like, if you don't straighten up, I'm sending you to military school. Does your kid believe there's you're sending them to military Mm -hmm. school? Mm -hmm. No, you can't afford to send your kid to military school. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's a, you've gone too far. Right. And I think we, we all do it at some point in time. We all like Mm -hmm. go out as parents and you make that mistake and, but you learn from it. Right. And you hope, you hope that by time you're running for the speaker of the house, you realize that that's a bad authority position to take. Don't ever make threats. You can't back up, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that's number one rule as a parent. And also probably shouldn't threaten your children. Probably not a good idea. So like when you're wielding power against your team and you're threatening them, why would they want to work for you? Like, I don't want an employer that's threatening me. I want an employer that's inspiring me. 
Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy doesn't inspire anyone. <laughs> no, just the checks that, that come from his, his political action committees. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure they, he inspires all the people he pays. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You mentioned the hot mic thing with uh, Hillary. Didn't he have a hot mic thing where he like said something negative about Trump and Russia at some point in time? Wasn't that him or was that somebody else? Uh, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> that's possible. I know. I think it came out after the January 6th stuff that he kind of admonished Trump immediately after that. But then he realized like it would be bad for his speakership run. So he kind of he flipped he flipped the script and was, has been completely um, uh, sycophantic uh, since then. Yeah, that is true. I remember that, which is like. Look, I'm for politicians changing their mind mm -hmm. and not for them bowing to other authorities. You know, yeah. like the House speakership should not bow to the president. They are equals, you know, mm -hmm. and the fact that Kevin McCarthy doesn't realize that is why he's such a weak, impotent leader. And if we elect him, we are electing a weak, impotent leader. leader and it's very, very dangerous, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a bad spot. Um, I mean, I think regardless of this, obviously the Republicans are going to be in a weak position because someone's going to be upset. I think some I heard the, uh, someone made the point like this just kind of shows like maybe you don't want Republicans in power ever. They're much better as a minority party, which is bad then because then that then there is no um, if you don't agree with the policy of someone else, then you have no way to stop it. You're kind of stuck being that sort of lone vote or minority vote. And, um, you know, they just get ram through what they want like it's uh and, and i think we all see how many issues there are uh, in the running of our country and we kind of need some uh, some change um but we're not going to get that if if there is no uh desire for when the opportunity arises like you said when for when there's an opportunity for good people to step up for someone to actually step up and fill that that spot well so and 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 let's go through like a a dream scenario um, who is a congressional person? I saw Chip Roy speak the other day. Now, I, I don't follow him a lot. He's in Texas, um, but I've heard him speak a few times, and he gave a pretty impassioned speech to nominate Jim Jordan. I'm not a fan of Jim Jordan, but what Trip, Chip Roy said, I really liked. I was like, hey, that guy, I think, might get it. Um, maybe he's the guy, right? Imagine a Chip Roy getting up and giving an impassioned speech about how it's time to put our childish fighting aside. It's time to like return power to the people, you know, all this stuff. And he nominates Justin Amash and somebody like Chip Roy backs and he takes that passionate part, that coalition building that Amash, you know, maybe is it's a weak part of his. I, I Again, I don't know. I'm not trying to criticize. And maybe Chip Roy is is that like connection to bring it together. And you end up with a Justin Amash speaker. Now, Here's what Justin Amash put on Twitter that he would do as speaker. He would push for single issue bills, agree or disagree, good or bad. That's great. I mean, that's right. a, get rid of the omnibus. Uh, he would let committees work through bills without interference, good or bad. Very good. All right. I mean, get, the, get the leadership out of the way. He would ensure rules are followed, not regularly suspended, waived, or ignored, good or bad. I think that's good. I mean, but there is a reason you used to suspend the rules sometimes. Is yeah, but, uh, but I think in general you want that you you kind of want the they're there for a reason. You would allow amendments on the floor. So are there really no amendments? I mean, like I know that there's all the rules committee kind of comes in and things got to go through. The and then uh, he would give 
members adequate time to review bills. Oh my God. I mean, that's right there. That's the check winner, right? You give them time to read the bills they're signing. What a novel idea. <laughs> I, think, I think you just give them to chat GPT now and ask chat GPT what it thinks. See, I but mean, be... <laughs> um, and then he would ask for recorded votes. On everything? I mean, it, it is a Twitter, so it's not really. Yeah. I, I, you, look, ask for some more clarification on that. I want some more clarification. Yes. Then everything's perfect. Look, you got to make compromises, right? But look, I think, I think Amash is somebody, if you've read him, his Twitter and you, you've, you've listened to him speak over the last five or six years, you realize that this is a guy that really understands the system. And he also understands how broken it is. And he's got a lot of really good ideas to fix it. This is somebody that you would want to give power to. Like, I mean, you don't want to give power to somebody like Gates. Gates doesn't understand the system other than to use it for his advantage. And same with McCarthy, right? They're just fighting for power. Justin Amash is just literally sitting on the side like going, hey, guys, I could really help you out. You need some leadership over here. I can guide you, you know, like I'm the dad that like you need to learn how to ride your bike. You know, we got to take gotcha, those yeah. wheels off, you know, I mean, and, you know, Again, if, if if Mosh isn't everything, he needs that, you know, glue to pull him together. I mean, I'd love to see somebody, you know, a nominate and you get a whirlwind, maybe you get 20 votes on him. And now you've got this split 2020 and then whatever the math equals out. And eventually somebody's going to cave, you know, and if you start pulling Democrats out, um, you know, I think it could happen. We're at a really bad point. I don't think it would convince, you know, it would take much convincing once you get past ballot like 10 or 15 um, to be like, look, let's try something new. <laughs> You'd hope. I mean, that was the point you brought up in the article you wrote, which I loved, where you talked about the Republican nomination. And I think this is why studying history is so important because it, it repeats, even if it's every hundred years or so. Like, there what was Garfield wasn't on the first ballot, right? And then um, Garfield didn't get nominated till the 35th ballot, to the 35th ballot, right? Nobody put his name on there. And he, then he had 50 votes. And then he won on the 36th ballot. He had 399 votes because, you know, I think, and, you know, from little bits of reading and stuff and, and whatnot, they looked around and they go, we're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. This guy seems pretty legit. Let's just give him, let's just, let's concede and be like, let's, let's go with this guy. He's kind of that compromise, whatever. And I think Garfield did a fantastic job in the one year he was in office before he was assassinated, unfortunately. But, you know, and back to that article, I mentioned this, Garfield, just the the symbolization of breaking away from that corruption that the party represented before and nominating somebody of like virtue and like rational thought um, and not for like, not for their own power, like Garfield inspired the country like people loved james garfield back then and when he was on his deathbed it rallied this country around him and it even inspired chester a arthur who was part of that like stalwart faction that was very corrupt like that you know didn't really want garfield in there and was kind of fighting against it and he ended up standing up to that um, when he became president, because he was inspired by Garfield, he ended up like burning all of his like old papers and whatnot. So like nobody would know all the really corrupt crap he did. Um, but he was he admitted it like he was very open and be like, I did really bad things and I, I, I wish I wouldn't have done them now, but I'm trying to be a better person. And that's the type of moment we need. 
right? That's that's what we need. We need somebody like Chip Roy or somebody to stand up and be like that guy. That guy yeah. is better than everybody else. And I don't put your put your stuff to the side for a second. Think about the the regular American us, right? We're, we don't care about Gates's power play and we don't care about McCarthy's need to be Speaker of the House. What we care about is has a, having a functioning government and and they're not thinking of that. Um, no. And I think somebody like Amash would. No, I, I agree. Now, to kind of go on the flip side, there's also, we've had times where like good comes out of, of close ballots, but there's also been times where there's sort of corrupt bargains. I mean, like that would be a, that you could see some kind of bad um, coalition coming out of this where, you know, maybe McCarthy does give away the whole house, literally, um, in order to get the speakership. And then that just puts him in a tremendously weak position. And that makes everything worse. I mean, like we talk, um, if you think about like the compromise of slavery in the 1850s, like people uh, thought they could, they could just sort of paper things over and um, come up with like so almost a false compromise to say like we're just going to kick this down the road but then in the end you it, the sort of the the seismic the seismic plates are still there with a lot of pressure and all you've done is delay that huge shift which will uh you know cause an earthquake in our politics no i so unfortunately i i agree with you and i actually i I think that's where we're going, realistically, by, by what's going mm -hmm. on. If nobody good stands up and does something to change the moment, that's exactly what's going to happen, right? Because Gates is going to hold out his power, and he's going to get the ga get a gavel. He's going to get a chairmanship or whatever, and he's not qualified for it. And he's going to abuse that power at some point in time and or use it for profit. I wouldn't put that past him either. And McCarthy's going to probably end up the speaker still, and he's going to be – and he's going to give away the farm – all to get it done, right? Both yep. to the, the the minority Republicans and the Democrats. And he's going to be, like I said before, a weak, impotent leader. And, you know, we're going into, we've already got Joe Biden as the presidency, right? Like we don't need Kevin McCarthy, you know, as the Speaker of the House. We need somebody that knows what's going on. Someone who cares. Um, who cares. So with the, with all these roll call votes and stuff, I, I just a bone to pick, um, you know, if we expanded the house, these roll call votes would take a lot longer. I don't know if you know that. You know, I uh, I feel like there's maybe a, some technology or something that can speed us up with that, though. And break the tradition of 435? I, hmm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. You know what else? It would be a lot easier for good people to build a coalition in a house of 835 or 870 than it is in a house of 435 because yeah. that's exactly what the problem is. The oligarchies have taken over, the Republican and Democratic parties. They have their circles on either side, Washington, D.C., and California. The big states control the house, and it's hard for you know middle America, middle class America to get real representation and actually have a voice in there. Um, but if you opened it up, you would be able to be be heard again. <laughs> one can hope. One can hope. Yeah, I was hoping to run into somebody at Capitol Hill today to explain that to them, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> you, should, you should go. To, you should go tomorrow. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I think it'll be another deadline. I'm, I'm, I just don't foresee McCarthy winning at this point again because it's been so ratcheted up. Like there's no incentive for those 20 people to come together, and knowing the way that Democrats uh, are able to pull whatever internal strings they do, 
and keep party unity that I don't think any Democrats are going to come over to elect McCarthy. Um, so I imagine this will keep going until Kevin steps down and someone else comes up. Um, unless again, like, unless there's like some real corrupt bargain or something that we don't, some machinations, but yeah. I imagine like the, the real thing is like, you've got like, very proud people. sorry, who's going to come from the Republican side. Well, that's, I mean, that's the problem. You've got really proud people and they're not going to be able to swallow that and be able to to step down or to, to find some kind of way forward. Um, and based on my experience in politics, I just, I feel like this is, we could be here for, for weeks at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, if, if we're there for weeks and we ended up with Justin Amash, good. If we're there for weeks and we end up with Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, not good. Yeah. <laughs> Or or Jeffries, right? Like, I mean, I, you could see the possibility of some moderate Republicans getting frustrated and jumping to 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 the Democrats, and mm-hmm. and you know, like you know those uh, those new conservative outlets like Bulwark would be all over that. <laughs> well, uh, the mechanics of it, I guess, if you just vote present, that doesn't count towards the um, total vote count. So they wouldn't even have to vote for Jeffries; they would just have to vote present, or you know, not show up. But Jeffrey, they need to, he needs to vote, uh, meet the threshold. He's going to need those votes. Um, to the threshold. But he needs the, it's just the threshold of people present. Uh, or pe- um, I don't know, maybe I don't quite understand, but that, that was my, what someone else explained. Um, and I'm parroting, unverified. I believe he needs the the, the votes. He, he has to reach the vote uh, threshold. So yeah. they would have to actually vote for him. I believe. I could be wrong. I got to look it up now. Um, but yeah. You ran for Congress and you don't know all the minutiae of the House rules? I we mean, ran for we ran for Congress Hold on. I got this one. I'm working I'm working my way through that one. I'll figure it out along the way, you know. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Nobody's paying me to do it. And I bet you most of the people that are there don't know the rules either. <laughs> Except for the one parliamentarian who gets uh, slammed every time they try to run ram an omnibus bull, bill through. Yeah, that's true. So if you could pick somebody to be Speaker of the House, who would it be? Oh, so I got asked this at lunch today. I'm not, I don't know if I know enough people to really like say something. I like your idea of Amash, just with what little I, I know and what I've seen. Um, I feel like, you know, the thing with probably any Republican would be fine. Um, if I'm going to go like good old Virginia, I would say, um, uh, you know, maybe uh, Ben Klein, you know, he's a nice guy. I met him once. Does Ben Klein want to be Speaker of the House? No, I'm sure he doesn't. So that's perfect. <laughs> Give it to the guy who doesn't want the job. <laughs> that's right. Amiable demeanor. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, like, I think, like, you know, like, if it's just managing a caucus and sort of, you know, which you technically have the majority on, so you should be able to put these things through. Like, then I would imagine most people in Congress have the ability to. Uh, whip votes and get the get that stuff through. And I mean, like with the whole thing with like leadership. So if you've got people around you, like you've got the the whip who's supposed to help count votes, and he's got all his deputy whips and stuff. Like there's a there is a, a structure that you could come into and take over um, that you wouldn't uh, be at a loss, even if if you know you had no desire for this uh, on, on January first. You would just need to be able to lead, like yeah. that. Would, I, like and, and that's that's what it is in in all aspects of life. I was I was having a beer with an old friend today, and he was explaining like business. He was talking about business and his kids. His kids kind of came into the business, and he he was like, "Just come work for me, and I'll teach you business." He's got a painting company. He goes, "the The thing that you sell is your widget, right? You got to be really good at your widget, 
and you got to know business. And he goes, and mm-hmm. you can learn business with any widget. And then you just yeah. go out and figure out what widget you want to work with. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing with liter- leadership, right? If you know how to lead, you can walk into any power structure and lead. Doesn't matter if it's Congress or a corporation because they're kind of the same thing, right? So- uh, Right, and uh, all these people have said they're their leadership. You know, I, I bet if you went to all their campaign websites and they would say, oh, I'm a good leader. Um, so they should all be very qualified based on that. Well, see, and that's the thing is like- Because no one would lie on their campaign website. <laughs> <laughs> George Santos. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's the other thing is if you're in the house, you want to be a leader. Like, you know, when I when I ran for Congress and when you ran for Congress, what we're telling people is I want to lead you, right? Like I believe that I can do this thing um that you don't want to do, and you know, I'm willing to do it. Um, what stops you from wanting to be speaker of the house? What stops you from wanting to 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 you know, it's not to say that like you have this ambition to go to the next step, but when you see this massive leadership vacuum that we're in, why are you not taking advantage of it? You know, like, like I said before, it should be easy for a charismatic, thoughtful individual to rally 20 people for a moderate speaker. And the fact that we don't have that, ah, I just, I don't know. I think it's just because a lot of people in Congress probably don't want to lead, you know, as much as they say, they're there to lead. They're really there just for the the parking they, on Capitol Hill. Well, they just don't know how, and that's and that's the thing that I'm starting to think might be happening. You know, like I, <laughs> I um, sorry, my daughter distracted me. I got my thoughts all mixed up. So you know, I've been thinking about maybe they don't know as much as we think. You know, as my as I've entered politics and I've met people and I realized. Maybe, maybe they don't, <laughs> you know, they're trying to be nice, you know, like trying to insult anyone, but um, you look at the decisions that they're making and you compare it to the past and you go, I don't think they know what they're doing. You know, like these, these things have been done and this is clearly not the right choice here. Anyone who knows this should know this. Um, and so maybe it's not a lack of desire to be a leader, but a lack of ability to be a leader. And if you had uh, uh, closer, if you were closer to the people, they'd be more able to tell that and you'd get better leadership. Well, and or maybe that's the thing. Maybe they don't feel like they can. They don't have the confidence to be a leader because there's so many people in society that won't back the moderate, you know, soft-spoken guy who's just going to allow the bully to say, distract and distract and distract. And then he's just going to say his piece. And I would compare like, this is, this is just an Amash, right? Like, mm-hmm. Trump bullied Justin Amash. He just bullied yeah. him. And Justin Amash just was like, these are the facts. This is how things work. Like, you're not telling the truth. And Trump literally bullied him out of Congress, and America let it happen. Like, and and here we are with a chance to redeem ourselves. Like, think of, um, you ever watch The Simpsons? Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Okay. You remember the episode where Bart... Um, is being bullied in it's like season one Bart's being bullied by Nelson and he's getting beat up every day after school he comes rolling in the trash can he pulls out and he spits out his red cap because Nelson made him eat his hat and he gets he gets with his grandfather who gets with like these old World War II buddies and they set up this ambush of like and they ambush Nelson with like um, balloons and all this nonsense Um, and they they teach the bully a lesson 
this is where we are, man. We need Grandpa Simpson out here to teach these people a lesson and and nominate Justin Amash. <laughs> Stand what up. Would be, what would be the ambush and the balloons in this situation? Like, what would other than just like nominating Justin Amash and so, and him so uh, uh, Abe Simpson is our chip Roy would be Abe Simpson. He's the guy that teaches them to stand up to the bully and he gets all of Bart's friends together. So he goes into Congress and he gets those 20 people. He rallies them and he says, this is our guy. Just like I said before. And now, now you've got that. And, and again, this comes down to you've done this. Now your job, you've inspired 20 people in the house to hold it still. Now the next job that you have is to go onto TV and sell it to the American people. Tell the American people that this is the best thing for their country, that, you know, all this other garbage is nonsense. It's all distraction. And we really need to get down to business. And Justin Mosh is the right person to get down to business. And I bet you, I bet you there are way more people that want that than any of this other nonsense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think, and I, you know, it's so easy to get stuck in your like Twitter bubble or your Facebook bubble, but I, that's not the majority of America. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the middle who kind of just want to live their lives and uh, don't want the government shut down, but maybe don't want the government all up in their business. Right. Know? And, you know, most of them probably don't know who Justin Amash is because mm -hmm. the bullies keep them quiet. Like we never hear the good people because the loud people are so loud. And 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 that was my thing in my article is like, where are the good people? You need to speak up. This is your moment. There they go. They got this. They can do this. We believe in them. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, again, I don't know who those people are. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I'm just hoping. You know. <laughs> that's. I guess that's. I'm back to. I'm back to Obama days. I'm hoping again. <laughs> so much hope. <laughs> he did such a great job. <laughs> it, is a, it is a theological virtue. So there's, a, there's that going for it. Oh man. Well, it's been a crazy day, John. I think that was a that was a pretty off the cuff good episode, don't you think? That was like nuts and bolts politicking, right? It was good, especially uh, since we got pushed from our normal scheduling time through happenstance. Like it all it all works out, just like this this speaker race. You know, as crazy as it seems, it all worked out. Right, absolutely. At least that's what we hope. <laughs> all right. Well, um, if you if you don't know. You should. The Madisonian Republicans are meeting on January 21st. Uh, you can go to our website, madisonianrepublicans.com, and register. Uh, please make sure to do so as soon as possible because we do have limited seating. Uh, the meeting is at Giuseppe's in Haymarket from 4 to 6 p.m. We hope to see you there. Um, we have, uh, we've we've had some great articles come out on uh, politics and parenting. John put one out. Katie put one out. Vanessa put one out. I put one out. Um, go ahead and read them. Uh, share, like, subscribe, and uh, remember, peace and love.